This podcast is sponsored by valleygivesback.org. What will you be remembered for? Name a Valley nonprofit in your estate plan and create a legacy that tells future generations what matter to you. Making a gift that costs nothing during your lifetime is easy and revocable if things change. With a planned gift, you have the power to impact the Valley forever without affecting your current lifestyle. Your action inspires others to make a difference in their own way. Remember the Valley. Ask your accountant, financial planner, or attorney about planned giving options. Plan now. Give later. Impact tomorrow. Learn more at valleygivesback.org. Everybody, welcome to Naval Gazing. My name is Eugene Driscoll of ValleyIndy.org. That's a nonprofit online newspaper launched in 2009 in Ansonia, Connecticut. Today is the All Ansonia episode, ladies and gentlemen. That's right, Ansonia, Ansonia, Ansonia. My guests are scheduled to be Ansonia Corporation Council John Marini and Sheila O'Malley, Ansonia's Economic Development Director and Grant Writer. Before I begin, I should acknowledge that. I'm recording this on an H4N Pro handheld digital recorder I recently purchased that I don't know how to use, but I'm learning. But if this sounds a little wonky, sorry about that. So I plan to talk to John Marini and Chill O'Malley about two subjects. It's got to be tight because I only have so much room on the uh, card in here, so it's got to be a short podcast. The uh, Connecticut City and Town Development Act, that is subject to a public hearing on Tuesday, March 12th, 6.30 p.m. at 253 Main Street in Ansonia. That's City Hall up on the second floor. Connecticut Town, I'm sorry, the Connecticut City and Town Development Act provides an incentive program to attract and support larger economic development projects to the city of Ansonia. We'll ask just what in the wide world of sports that means. But before we go into the lengthy discussion on the Connecticut City and Town Development Act, I wanted to ask John Marini about this post that was put on the official City of Ansonia Facebook page, I believe last Sunday. Uh, It called out and acknowledged this alleged parody page uh, that exists on Facebook of the City of Ansonia, and it sort of insinuated uh, what the page might, what what the parody page was doing was illegal. I think a better way to refer to the other page, it's a troll page. It's basically, uh, trolling the city of Ansonia in a negative way. So I, you know, not necessarily breaking news, but the fact that the city's Facebook page officially acknowledged it, uh, they, they definitely made it newsworthy because they raised the First Amendment issue uh, clearly. And Mourinho will 
briefly touch upon that, and I'll have to explain the background. Hopefully, I can do that quickly. Because, you know, the more important thing is the Connecticut City and Town Development Act. It's a public hearing, like I said, March 12th, 6.30 p.m. That's Tuesday, tomorrow, by the time uh, this thing publishes. And just to get a little sense of where this act is supposed to be used, this is from the state statute, Connecticut City and Town Development Act. It is hereby found and declared, think of uh, Samuel L. Jackson reading this, that there continues exist in the state, in many of its municipalities, conditions of substantial and persistent unemployment. You could say that uh, of Ansonia, at least in 2009, 2010, 2011. And that many existing residential, industrial, commercial, and manufacturing facilities within many municipalities are either obsolete, inefficient, or dilapidated. Yes, it sounds like the uh, bottom part of Main Street in Ansonia, Ansonia Copper and Bass, the uh, the Farrell properties there. Uh, definitely, this thing definitely seems aimed at properties uh, like that. Uh, and then it says about how the uh, abandonment of these facilities will increase with technolo- technological advances and the provision of modern, efficient facilities in other states. Or in Ansonia's case, they're competing a lot of times uh, f- with new manufacturing properties in Shelton and Oxford, which has more developable land uh, because they were farmland back in the day when Ansonia was a bustling mill town. And now the situation has sort of been reversed to a large extent. Uh, also, just reading, again, to give you a taste of this and the specifics of it, hopefully we can draw out of John Marini and Sheila O'Malley in a way that's accessible and understandable. Because uh, I don't understand. It seems to give the city a lot of power, but I don't really get it. Uh, it's further found and declared that such conditions combined with the existence in many municipalities within the state of residential, non-residential, commercial, industrial, vacant, or predominantly vacant areas, which are slum or blighted, definitely heavy blight in downtown Ansonia, uh, once you know you walk, uh, make a left out of Ansonia Copper and Brass. I'm sorry, make a left out of Copper City Bar and Grill, uh, across from the fire department. You can obviously see that uh, those properties all along there, those large former factories and commercial industrial uses, need a little more than uh, some TLC. As promised, I already did an intro to this, Sheila, Excellent. so that's all done, so we'll get right into it. Sheila O'Malley, welcome back to the Valley Indie Podcast. Thank you for having me, Eugene. Happy to be here. Starting off with a lie. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but all right, so we were supposed to have John Marini here because I wanted to ask him, I had already said in my intro about this uh, Ansonia page that was set up, but maybe you and I can briefly run through it, sure. and I only want to spend like a minute on it. But because sure. uh, it was it was out there, I think the city, by officially putting on its Facebook page, sort of made it news. But this was from a couple of days ago, as of this recording, on the City of Ansonia official website. This afternoon, we learned of an imposter City of Ansonia page that is using our old city seal. We have already reported the page to Facebook, and we are close to identifying the source. Aside from the page being disparaging, hurtful, and hateful. It is a crime to impersonate a government website or elected officials. Facebook is working on this issue. We apologize for any confusion and thank you for your patience as we work to narrow down the source. Now, as a reporter guy, I saw that and I, and, and I was immediately looked for the page as probably yeah, hundreds of, of other people did. Because like, well, I had no idea. Of course. And I came across a page and uh, and then I emailed uh, John Green, the Corporation Council, pretty much immediately. I said, hey, this 
looks hurtful and juvenile, but is it can, is it really a crime? Can you? And I remember what we had done a story when we first launched in Oxford, where somebody set up an official website that mirrored the town page and just changed one part of the URL. Yeah. And even then, at the time, the attorney said, "Well, no, it's not. Right. There's no criminal. Uh, you know, being a jerk, for lack of a better word, isn't necessarily a crime." And uh, John's not here, but I will read. I don't mean to. You're sitting there That's in silence, okay. but Unless he did get back to me. And I was going to write a story, but I just thought we'd quickly cover it here. And he said, Eugene, I reviewed the page in question. This is John Marine of the Corporation Council. It appears to be satirical speech protected by the First Amendment. I've also counseled our Facebook administrator about how to better deal with pages and postings that, while intentionally mean-spirited and derogatory, are protected by our collective right to free speech, a right which ultimately outweighs considerations of hurt feelings. Is there anything you want to add on that topic? Show? Yeah. I mean, this is outside. I'm, I'm, you no, know, I was going to ask okay. the attorney, but. That's okay. There were several residents that had called or had sent a message saying, you know, what's going on? I went, is this the city's uh, Facebook page? They were cetera, confused so. by it. Okay. Yeah. And I want to say that I overreacted um, and should have vetted everything through Corporation Council. Well, and that write, write didn't the post? happen. Was that you? That didn't happen. Oh, you yeah. wrote that post? Yes. Oh, no kidding. I didn't even know you yep. were in charge of the Ansonia page. Okay. I'm I'm technically not, but I'm one of the administrators. So you saw that and yes. got that, got that yes. on you. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, a bit of an it, overreaction. But we've all been there. I can. It's free speech. I mean. But it's social that, media. Like yeah, the, thing of, yeah. the, the danger of social media from my perspective, and I've done this, especially maybe late on a Friday night, uh, you react to things. You do, yeah. And you're out there, and yep. that's the one of the the, the, the pitfalls of, of social media. But the city has since deleted that post. Yes. That other page is what it is. Uh, and this as a PSA from Eugene on dealing with Facebook for the general public, not talking about this, but, you know, I'm like in it so much. Yeah, right. Because it's sort of the lifeblood of what's left of the of Valley Indy. The, uh, if anybody out there, because that page, I, I don't think... It's parody, I guess. It's humor, I guess. But I, I think it's a troll page. A troll page is probably a better uh, description because it's pretty mean. It's, it's, it's probably pretty mean. But if anybody out there ever feels harassed by something on Facebook and they're posting pictures of you or using your name or using your intellectual property, uh, you can go to the Help Center on Facebook and actually uh, report. Send and, a message. And I've done this. Because every election season, we get fake profiles that come yeah. on and start making accusations. And for the most part, I mean, Facebook, aside from undermining our, our democracy and causing, uh, you know, giving a place for all this toxic stuff to live, they have done that. So I would recommend to anybody out there, uh, if you feel you're getting harassed, report it to Facebook. Anything else you want to add to that? No, I thing? think I, actually that sums it up pretty much. All right. So then what I really wanted to talk about uh, was the Connecticut City and Town Development Act. Yay. There is, I read this, I mean, I did an intro separately to save time, and I just read sort of the description of the types of areas for something like this is meant to be used on. Right. And it sounds like the act describes to a T, basically, like a former Ansonia Copper and Brass, former Farrell Properties, a lot of, we're on Main Street right now, and you go a little, what is that, south? 
South. South. A lot of that area, something like this act is targeted for. Well, you did your homework, Eugene. Well, no, that's all I can tell you. Yeah, no. Because then I see bond note and the city can do, and then I'm completely lost. Yeah, that, but... But um, most of what you said was accurate. So it's it's really centered on um, areas of distress in your community. And sometimes that's citywide, and sometimes that's a large swath of land. Um, but it's, it's centered on those areas where there's blight, there's, um, there's uh, unemployment statistics that, that bear out that are high, um, that... Um, there's uh, poverty. There is um, low uh, median household income. There are certain criteria that the city meets in order to be able to take advantage of this. Although, and it's a is that Marini saying I'm here? No, it's you know it's on silent. But and also one thing I noticed in the description of this act, it's also meant for these properties that. You're not turning around Ansonia Copper and Brass in a day, as we know. If right. these are because if I'm an investor and I'm looking to spend a couple of million dollars on some land, I'm going to look at Shelton with pristine new land and that doesn't have a history of whatever's under the ground. I don't need NVCOG and all that involved. Right, it's less expensive for you to develop in other areas. And I've I've talked about this before. We we want to try to fill in the gap. So you're coming to Ansonia. These are difficult properties, again, because they're here and they're, um, they, if they weren't difficult, they'd already be developed. So there are obviously problems with these properties, either the owners or the, the property itself is contaminated, et cetera. So you're trying to bridge that gap. So where the developer comes in and says, okay, you know, it's going to cost me X number per square uh, foot to develop on this property versus in Shelton or Oxford or somewhere else. And those, so, those are two exact towns that where you, because that's the other thing that that right. the description said, it's meant for properties where you're losing out to other states. But in this case, Ansonia loses out to Oxford and Shelton. We do. they have developable land because they were the woods. We don't have ready-made land. Okay. Right. We don't have ready-made land. And we don't have clean land. And and that's one-sixteenth of our uh, entire city is... Ansonia Copper and Brass and Farrell. Wow. That's... Yeah, that's, that's significant. So we certainly meet the criteria for this act, and it's, it, it would be um, a strong incentive tool for developers. But it's a project-by-project basis. The aldermen have full authority to reject or accept the project. And again, it's intended for larger, significant impactful projects now keep you know? in mind i'm a moron because let me let me just sure. interrupt you for one second because where i get confused is because when i read the whole act it almost made it sound there's, so, there's a lot to it yeah uh, yes there is i miss ethan fry he'd usually read this stuff you yep. know what i mean I don't, but <laughs> but it looked like oh he was a former reporter here if anybody's yes. keeping track at home uh, <laughs> it looks like uh it almost it makes the city a private developer am i just reading that completely it, wrong it or? actually uh, allows a lot more flexibility on the city's part. And it is still a public-private partnership, but it, it, it affords the municipality some tools where, where ordinarily we wouldn't have. Um, for instance, it, it allows for you to float bonds for a private development. 
Um, in how other does that words, work? Is the city issuing the money? It's how does that? The I city, always get confused. Yeah, by the this. city is not obligated in any way. Even if the the project tanks, the city is not obligated to repay bonds that the private developer is using is for like, his project. Is it like co-signing a car loan type? Um, you're, 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 you're making a little bit, but in co-signing, you you have some obligate. You, you have some obligation, obviously, if someone defaults, right? So that's not the that's not the intent of the act. But is the, the city is uh, if I'm a developer, let's say um, Eugene Driscoll comes along and I'm going to yeah. develop the Ansodia Copperas City Brass into a right. baseball stadium, right? Right. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I like that. But I got bad credit because you know whatever in the '90s I was out of control right. with my credit card debt. Uh, are you sort of vouching for me? Is that one way? It's, I guess you're you, you're using our bonding capacity, okay, and and our strength of bonding capacity, um, where you ordinarily wouldn't have it through traditional means. So you go to a traditional lender, and they can't, and they they're not going to do that for you. Um, and in some instances, it's the developer can borrow at a certain percentage rate, and we can borrow much lower. Okay. So that makes a difference in the project itself. And that's an incentive. And that's well. a yeah. huge incentive. Um, that That's one of the huge incentives. There's, it seems like there's like 20 to 30 different there, options. There are, and the city currently has a lot of options on the okay. table. This is just two of them stand out to me. Okay. Um, and yeah, because what I want to ask is, okay, let's, let's run through a scenario. Best case scenario, how specifically will Ansonia ideally... Uh, use this act, assuming it, the public supports it and the aldermen support it and all that jazz. You know, oddly enough, we're getting we're seeing a lot of interest in our properties um, to the point where if I put if I put properties out to bid at this stage, we'd probably have three or four, maybe five decent proposals on property that has been sitting there. So uh, it, comes, it comes at a time when, I'm not going to say we don't need it, but it comes at a time when there's a lot of interest generated in Ansonia. And um, so hopefully, you know, I, I think that's a credit to Mayor Cassetti and, and what he believes about the city and its capacity and our business-friendly attitude and the fact that we're getting all of these incentive tools. And this just adds to it. So, um, you know, it, it's, it also allows you to um, free up the t- property tax for up to 20 years forgiveness. When you say free up, um, somebody comes in. No, that's a fine. I'm just Yeah, when, tax so, exemption. I'm sorry. No, no. That's, yeah. that, when, if I come in as a developer and I yeah. buy like the Ansonia Copper City and Brass, this sets up a, uh, a program where I could have... Uh, my, uh, I could remain paying or whatever the taxes are right now. It stays at that level for, for twenty years That's as right. I make improvements. Correct. And so then twenty years down the road, uh, what are you trying to lure Amazon? Now that I think about this, is that what's <laughs> going on? But twenty years down the road, you benefit from uh, all the improvements I've made to my property. And exactly. That's because difficult But properties... people are going to flip out when they hear 20 years, though, if it's something the people... Don't... Well, it's a case-by-case, case, okay, and that on. would be, you know, that's an extreme. Okay. That is an Amazon or, you know, something of that mm-hmm. nature. But it's, it's you're, you're going to determine the extent that you're going to allow the tax exemption by the, by the project itself. Um, and we don't, I don't anticipate that someone's going to come in and get 20... 20 years of, but, are, but it could happen. Are there any particular uh, ideas or development proposals that are bubbling out there that this will, will, this will, that this could help in some way? Um, 
No, yes and no. I mean, we we obviously know what properties we're talking about, and that yeah, name the, them, the ones that yeah. are difficult. So, Ansonia Copper and Brass properties, the Farrell properties that are now currently being leased by Rugpad USA, and Rugpad wants to expand its footprint um, and increase its employment. Um, so, and that's really what we're trying to do. You know, trying to help that middle class, trying to get the working class um, larger in Ansonia with our high unemployment rates, like to create more jobs. That's the big key factor here. So um, Faro Properties, obviously, Ansonia Copper and Brass, all of that, all of that land that, that does have contamination and we know is going to uh, escalate the cost of development. Um, those two come to mind right away. Um, I think, you know, where you're making significant inroads in residential, in, um, in employment base, so man, any manufacturing, large manufacturer that comes to mind, maybe on Fountain Lake, um, could be used in any of those instances. And uh, this doesn't give the town any additional powers under eminent Emin- domain or anything It does like not, that. yeah. No, it does not. And I'm trying to think, like, if I'm somebody out there who's looking to poke a hole in this somehow, what are, what are some criticisms you might hear about? Do my job for me. Sure. What are, have you tried this anywhere else? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, places like East Haven, New Haven, New London, um, Hamden, Groton, um, did Derby, Hartford. Did, did Derby ever go for it when you Derby, were there? Or was, um, Derby started the process, okay. and then our developer just you know, ended up uh, pulling out of the downtown redevelopment deal. But I think that would have been an instance where we could have used that tool. You hit, you hit and, the table. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I'm getting mad. Um, no, that would have been an instance where we we could have used that, but we didn't. Was that the uh, developer that ended up in a lawsuit? Or are you talking about the more re- the, the recent? No, more recent clips. Correct. Okay, gotcha. All right, so that would have, that would have been that. All right. So, and the purpose of the public hearing, uh, will this, will there be like an ad hoc committee set up after this to, to take these applications or it's all the aldermen, like you said? What? Um, yeah, but we'll probably have an ad hoc committee. We do with everything, with all the loans and any incentive packages we offer. But obviously it's going to be made up of some of the aldermen because they're going to have to make the ultimate des- decision. So that's easier. It's easier to include some of them through the process. So I'm overselling this a little bit. This is basically another tool in the in the toolbox that you're using that over need. there because I'm thinking this is the end all be all. But no, this is just one of many that It is, is one of many and of I doing. and I also want to point out that the the importance of it being able to extend the property tax exemption is that with some of these properties even with our two uh, city-owned buildings your return Palmer and uh, ATP and Palmer okay Um, your return on your investment is not coming in two or three years where ordinarily would in places like Shelton or Oxford Um, your return on your investment is coming maybe after 10 years 
So you want to you want to make sure you can predict what your costs are going to be, and you want to make sure you can keep them level until you start to see some for an profit margin. We're talking about, exactly, he's spending, he or she is spending, spending so much a lot. Money. He's spending a lot to clean up. He's spending our in uh, our because people don't like tax incentive pro. I've, I've seen no, that they at least on our Facebook page in Derby. Yeah, they don't. They, they don't, don't like, like tax incentive programs. Tax and, breaks. And let me say that this that the mayor doesn't intend to do anything that would jeopardize keeping our mill rate steady and level. Um, so, you know, obviously we're not going to make decisions that are going to impact that in any way negatively. Um, I want to say that. But but developers like that because it's predictability and, it, and they can fill in their ledger and they know exactly what's going to happen in 10 years. So and, I only need X number of dollars. And we're starting to see this type of... not. This specific program, but Derby just granted a tax incentive uh, over mm. on off Marshall Lane for right. uh, for the uh, uh, former nursing home. That's there. modeled after Ansonia's. Just ah. my, oh, I just want okay. to point out <laughs> that they did ask. Uh, Corporation Council have been working with Vin them Marino. trying to shit. Yeah, uh, Vin, uh, no, John Marini. Oh, our no, I'm at Derby. Our, They're on Derby side. Yeah, our Derby corporation side. council worked with theirs. And, oh, yeah, and they're uh, all part of the same uh, yeah, firm. Yes, okay, so correct. Hat tip to Marie. But, yeah, that, too, that's too good to show up for this podcast. Whatever. <laughs> He's too busy. And then we have Kurt Miller. Every time you see him, he brings up uh, basement systems yes. up there. Uh, how that's really helping. That's sort of a living example where... Uh, they did this tax incentive program. There's been the construction, and now he's using. Now the revenue's coming in because the, the the I think it was a three year payment or something like that. Right, like three or five it years. Was, it was small. Yeah. yeah, and but now that's starting to help the budget, and exactly. they're they're, they're doing zero uh, mill rate increases. But they had to get through those. You know, you got to get through the the the, the break. I part will of it. point out that unlike Derby and Ansonia, Seymour has quite a bit of land. And so does Oxford, and so does Shelton, and that's the difference. And that's, that's a big deal, yeah, because, uh, uh, you know, 70 years ago, Derby and Ansonia were the hub yes. uh, economic. Uh, this was the, you know, the, the center of economic activity in the valley, while that's Oxford right. was cows, and Shelton, you know, was right. hayseeds and stuff, and it's all it's all turned around. It's, that's, that's right. That's the, that's the big challenge that Derby and uh, Ansonia had. I, did you see the New York Times, I think it was, I shared it on, our, on the Valley Indy Facebook page, had a story about... Uh, these uh, uh, like development zones that's getting a lot of interest from uh, yes. ultra rich, you know, Ferrari driving hedge fund they, people. They are very interested. And Ansonia, in those. Tom Harbinson from Shelton pointed out. Well, if you look, oh, Ansonia is on. Tom Harbinson knows everything. He does. He's yeah, good. He's that was good. But um, has have you? It's a good article. Have you seen anything? Are there any? Yeah, like, I've definitely gotten some increased interest due to the opportunity zone that that's we have what it's called. now. Opportunity yeah, zone. the opportunity How zone. How long has that been around? Um, we just Roughly. we were recently granted an opportunity zone about four months ago. Okay. Yeah, and and ever since then, I mean, even prior to that, because we had gotten some press on that that we were applying and looking towards uh, hopefully being granted an opportunity zone. So I think that's gen helped to generate a lot of interest as well. And, and is it the exciting. same area uh, um, that would, it would go we through? We submitted or? two uh, opportunity zones. One was a census tract area that runs along Ansonia Copper and Brass, and the other was the Main Street area. And we decided to prioritize that census tract as an opportunity zone the entire length of Main Street, so okay. upper, lower, in between, everything in between. 
um, on both sides of the street is considered to be an opportunity zone. We prioritize that for a couple of reasons. I think one, the main reason was that I I feel like the the um, the applications that were going to be successful were ones that development had already started progressing in that area that you know that things were happening there was some investment private sector investment and so we prioritized main street as opposed to Ansonia copper and brass but either one or both we would have been happy with we're just very grateful that we um we got one and what type of uh incentives or what is what does that do for the people who are, who are looking to uh, invest in these type of communities? well anyone who pays capital gains tax um they're that capital gains tax, if they were to pay it, if they were to invest it in an opportunity zone instead of paying the capital gains tax, take that money, invest it in, say, downtown Ansonia, they don't have to pay any capital gains tax on the 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 um, profit they made selling another piece of property or whatever they did. They don't have to pay that, and they don't have to pay any capital gains tax going forward for a period of time oh, wow. um, okay. while they're investing. Another way of sort of delaying paying the taxes while you um, get your development up and running and you and you uh, realize a profit. So it's a, it's a tax shelter, if you will. Mm-hmm. I think which um, that's fascinating though because it's benefiting it is it's, uh, place it's, that needs it because you, you can't raise the money from your local tax base to do all these improvements that's right. and everything the city wants to do that's right so you you want this investment you want people hedge fund people or whoever it is to come in and invest in a project has to has to be a defined project has to it has to remain in in uh, Ansonia for 10 years I was gonna say see I always say Derby. Well, um, I do have a derby question. Yeah, I, I, ask see, I see. I'm sitting here thinking, like, well, can can we get some of this money to Valley Indy? I'm here, and I've been here, and that's only <laughs> ten years. They're converting this to apartments, baby. I'll be out in the street, but uh, no, actually, that's, we can we can work on that, Eugene. No, no I was that's all. I, I'm, I'm I'm kidding. Uh, no, you but, know, but there is a there is a. I think they're talking about possibly maybe converting the building we're in to. Uh, to residents. To residential, I, correct. I it, 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 I'm, I'm sort of the last tenant. Well, there's no, there's upstairs, there's one. But that's why I guess it's another thing about Main Street and Sonia. Like office space, you can pretty much, everyone leaves and goes to Shelton because it's it's kind of, it's not that much more expensive. Right. Because there's so much office space now new right. in Shelton right off right. Route 8, which makes it tough because this is a nice building. Like I can never figure out. But, yeah. But you I mean, see them, office going, space just doesn't, doesn't work too. here it in just, downtown and, Ansonia. And downtown Derby. I mean, our police station is all office space. Our the new, whole thing. Yeah, our new so, one. So, yeah, I mean, for us to fill, to fill that would have taken decades. So okay, so the public hearing, but well, this will come out Sunday or Monday. It's Tuesday. Let me get the dates right. Tuesday, March twelfth, six thirty p.m., uh, two fifty three Main Street, which is right across. Well, it's across the street from me. That doesn't matter yes. to you. But in the second floor, the automatic chambers. So uh, then, okay. So is there anything else you wanted to say about the? Uh, I got to read it again. The Connecticut City and Town Development Act, the public hearing, or anything that I haven't asked you because. No, I, I mean, it's it's exciting for Ansonia to be able to lure even more investors in and to to help with development because, you know, we're we're operating at a disadvantage and we want to we want to get people we want to get jobs. We want to get people back to work. And 
What's the unemployment rate? I know, like in in 2009, 2010, it was was something like 9%. We were going to ask that. It's gone down slightly, but it's still. It's higher than the state average, right? And it's higher than um, the county. And we're probably the second highest in the Naugatuck Valley. I was going to ask about the school board uh, lawsuit stuff, but I I don't even I don't want to get into it. Read the Connecticut Post for that. Well, I mean, we're glad it's settled. I don't care. I'm staying out of it. Let let the Connecticut Post uh, uh, cover that into. But I wanted to ask you. Okay, so this week in the city of Derby, your former stomping grounds, where you were the economic uh, development director there and grant writer there under Mayor Steferi for. For a bunch of years. How long were you there? Six years. Oh, that's yeah, it? Six years. See, in my mind, it was like 15. No, he was they... in for eight years, but I was there for six years. Okay. They started to take down buildings on Route 34. Yes. Which I stood out there, man, with my my uh, my, my my iPhone that's frozen. Ex- that's exciting. You know? Yes. Yeah, I was excited. Yeah, I am too. And I put it on Facebook, and people were like, whatever. I saw that. Call me when they get a shovel in the ground, you idiot. That. Like, I you're a rube. That. You're new. And, uh... <laughs> It was so depressing to read, it, but but no, but then again, like there's been, it's been ongoing for so long, and it's always just around the corner. I know. Uh, so I'm asking you now that you're you're an outsider looking over. Well, you're not really. I mean, you're still involved in the regional planning authority of NB Cog and yes. all that good stuff. So, and what benefits Derby benefits Ansonia, Correct. I assume. Uh, is this? I mean, you got somebody coming up supposedly this month uh, who's been to a bunch of P&Z meetings, and they're going to actually hand in a site plan application to the Derby Planning and Zoning Commission, which is far... That's never happened in the that, Derby redevelopment. Is that right? That's... Uh, that's... No, we did We did hand in a site plan, but I, I think the... the I've already reported as... as the, 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 forget this. No. no. <laughs> what do you mean we? I mean, the, the developer that Eclipse Development did hand in a site plan. I believe... Like site-specific? They... For downtown Derby, but withdrew. I believe that's accurate. Huh. I, maybe thought they search, I thought they searched for a year and couldn't come up with any, anything. But think that the, Yeah, I think the deterrent was the fact that the state was going to widen the road and they didn't know, you know, you, nobody knew where the line was going to be. Was it going to infringe on the development property? So now I think this is exciting because now you know what's coming okay. down, where the road's going, and all of those things were sort of in transition or in... Uh, deliberation, if you will, for okay for so, quite some time. But you might be right. He he may not have um I, I, he may not have uh, submitted a site plan. We didn't get to that point. I don't think. Or with, maybe you guys put that it under developer. the table. I don't know. I don't know what you were up to in there. And said, no, well, he did. Did it from <laughs> But all right. So that's you as a person who used to be the economic development uh, director in the city of Derby, saying like, "Yeah, this is progress. Because yes, this is actually news. Yes, and because now you have the the state can't." Just because now I'm, I'm thinking, oh man, the state's going to knock down those buildings and I'll just leave it a pit now for the next ten no, years. No, they don't like to do that unless they're getting ready to move. So it really is a um, progress. Okay. The other and, thing I want to ask you, and this will make Rick Dunn mad because it's really a question for him. Everyone's getting on our Facebook page, and it's uh, a debate that's been had time and time again in Derby. Well, all you're doing is putting a highway in the middle of downtown, and it's going to wreck the downtown. No, I, th- I think it's going to enhance the downtown. I think it's going to be an attractive, uh, walkable downtown where it isn't right now. So I think this is a big, you know, improvement to what it 
what it has been, which what is it just is. a pass through. Right. Yeah. I, that's where I get right. confused by people. Maybe because I, I, I don't remember Derby in its glory days when I uh, got up here. That that one awesome place where you could play like ping pong and they had video games and still smoke cigarettes. I don't even smoke cigarettes. The, on the corner? Yeah. Somehow they were still smoking cigarettes long after that law was passed saying you could not smoke cigarettes. That's funny. And I'm talking like 2 o'clock on a Sunday, not late at night. They were just whatever. That's funny. And then so that building, that, that was that's when I arrived in Derby. That's what I saw. Uh but yeah, it's not walkable now. Anything's an improvement over what's there now. That's right. And I, I people think actively try to run you over when you're on. That's when I was right. going across the road, like yeah. people are just like, get me out of this little stretch because I'm scared because there's a pit no. on one side and a former bank. People don't want to be fearful when they're driving and they want ease of traffic flow. And you don't have that right now. You just have like one lane of, you know, sometimes congestion, a lot of times congestion. So I think the traffic's going to flow easier. It's going to be more attractive. You know what? That's that's probably the podcast. Right. Is there any other news you wanted to break uh, as we as we close out? Is Apple coming to town? Is there an Apple store? Whole Foods? I, I'm, what I'm, happened to the Olive Garden? That's what that's what people automatically. I'm Olive Garden. Not Olive Garden. Arby's. Arby's. Yes, Arby's. I knew it was one of the. So A's. you may, you may see some. Um, Foundation pouring this spring for an Arby's or just early like, summer. Not saying don't. Didn't we run out of time? Uh, no, I think I, we have. It says I got. I think I see a flashing red light. I don't even know if this is recording. But wait, for an Arby's or like for a box? Oh, some type of box. Uh, all right, and we're talking about next to Target. There might yes. be some construction shovel in the ground for something to build. Next to Target. Correct. Owned by Eclipse, and it's up to them to go get the tenants. Correct. Okay. Which they have. All right, Sheila O'Malley. That's it. All right. Thank you, Eugene Yeah, thank Driscoll. you so much. Everybody go to that public hearing. Learn more about uh, the Connecticut town. City and, and town. City and town development. Thanks, John Marini. For hundreds of years, we brought you the news. For the info, we gave you the clue. We'll ride the dinosaur We'll ride the dinosaur